You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. You, you feel this this nervousness on the phone there? Sir, I've been trying to make an urgent phone call up there. I don't think it's something I want to do on an overseas phone. You gotta make some phone calls. Hang up the phone, prank call, prank call. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Packernet Early Morning. I don't know. Um, basically, we've got a ton of calls. And... Um, we didn't get through them last night. So what I'd like to do, rather than, you know, just ignore all these calls, is let's do a little Packernet After Dark bonus episode prior to the game. And um, then we'll, you know, then we'll be caught up. So that's kind of how that's going to go. Because when I think about what it is I have to say about this Dallas game... I don't know. Is there anything super important to talk about? The only thing that I thought about addressing is what it is that um, we need to see in the game. It's about it. I mean, there's other games that are going on. And then, of course, there's the uh, any given Sunday line. Hey, you know, we're underdogs, but underdogs win every week in the NFL. Panthers weren't supposed to beat the Falcons, and they did. So there you go. You're welcome. Anyways, um, I'm going to go ahead and get to some of these calls. We do have, looks like, one new caller, so we're going to start with that. Uh, Everything's all set. Let's get rocking. Hey, Ryan. This is Daniel from Milwaukee. Hey. Um, I'm catching up on your podcast. Oh, my goodness. I'm hearing uh, one of our callers talking about, uh, well, you and the caller, was talking about how you guys don't understand like where things went wrong um and so i thought back to when robert tunyon uh went on some uh podcast or had an interview yeah. and talked about how last year when they were were a 13 win team um they just didn't have it i guess and right. uh they, I guess, like, they didn't think that they should be there um, in the playoffs or something, and you got pretty pissed about how they uh, just get down on the, themselves. I believe that the Packers' culture has been broken yeah. long before this year. Makes sense. Um, we're just seeing the byproduct uh, of the culture being broken um, this year. So, yeah, I love the podcast. Um, keep doing what you're doing. All right, bye-bye. Yeah, no, that, that's a great point because I remember I should probably pull it up. Should I do that? That's not usually a Packer Night After Darky thing, but it's Packer Night Early Morning. Yeah, I just listened to it. It's worse than I remembered. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm going to play it, but 
it's funny because I know at the time, like you said, I was really upset. This is prior to me knowing that we were about to implode, so it felt weird to trash the team and get down on them. But now <laughs> seems pretty uh, vindicating. But here is Robert Tunyon talking about uh, the season, I guess. We do have good leaders on that team. We have a great locker room. We have great chemistry. You know, we've been to the NFC Championship three times. What do we really need to break through that last wall to get to the Super Bowl? And I think it's just the consistency of staying ourselves for a longer period of time. Like we come out hot, you know, we win those close games, yada, yada. And then we get like towards the end of the season and we're just like, man, f*** this. But like we're a 13 and 3, 14 and 3 football team. That's our identity. Like, we're a winning football program. Like, why do we get, like, down on ourselves as, like, time progresses or, like, the weight of the season gets on us? Like, that's not us. So me, like, sitting back and, like, noticing that last year, like, when I was hurt, I stayed there the whole time. Rehabbed in Green Bay, did my surgery in Green Bay. I got to see that. What was hard was we stopped being ourselves later on in the season. So I think just, like, the consistency of being ourselves and, like, staying true to us for a longer period of time, I think that is where, like, is going to take the next step. We do have good lead. So it's replaying. But is that not the craziest thing ever? By the way, on the, I think, podcast last night, talked about how it's not one thing, it's, it's a lot of things, but if it had to be one thing, it would be heart. I guess you could throw in culture. But the crazy thing, and, and I'm just going to flat out disagree with him when he says we have great leaders here in Green Bay. No, you don't. I'm sorry, you don't. If you win 13 games and you feel like you're frauds three years in a row and you can't pick yourself up, you've got imposter syndrome, you don't have good leaders in Green Bay. And, and yeah, you, you want to talk about why they're not able to pull themselves out of this tailspin? They can't even get, you know, enough oomph to care after they win 13 games. There is no leadership in Green Bay. It's also funny to keep saying, this is not us. Like, we just got to get back to being us. No, I think this is you. I think that's the problem. This is the Green Bay Packers. This lack of heart, lack of determination, lack of care, lack of pride. And you were just battling through it before because of the sheer amount of talent. And now you can't. And now you won't. And I don't know if maybe you just came into the season like, oh, I don't know. But uh, yeah, this is this is problematic. Great call, Daniel. He's got a couple other calls, but we'll get back to that. I want to go back up to the top. That was Daniel from Milwaukee. This is Daniel from California. Hey, Ryan. Daniel from California. Hey. I was listening to the podcast this morning. It's uh, Friday morning. Um, just was what you're talking about with the OTA thing. Like I, I understand why Rogers does it because you know he's done so much in the NFL and. Uh, he watched Brett Favre do it, but the whole problem with him versus Brett Favre doing it is the style of play they play. Like, it's not acceptable for Rodgers to do it his way because he wants to play a cerebral offense where he wants to know exactly what the guy is going to do and he wants to see something he wants his guys to know. If you want to play like that, you have to get everybody on the same page right? because it – you know, it's, it requires it. That's If that's how you want to play, that's your job. But Brett Favre, he's just the throw-it-up guy. And he's like, all right, what's the offense? Where are you going to be on this play? Are- yeah. <laughs> when Brett Favre was playing bad, he was just slinging it around the field, throwing picks, and it's like, well, why didn't you go to OTA? He's like, what are you talking about? This is how Brett Favre plays. Like, he's he's doing what Brett Favre does. OTA isn't going to help this. He was going to throw that no matter what. <laughs> Well, learn the plays. But bad Aaron Rodgers is, I'm not on the same page with my receivers, and now I'm mad at my receivers, which is why, again, people get annoyed. And I'll be back for training camp, guys. And it worked, it worked for Brett Favre, and he saw, like, Brett didn't go to ATO, OTAs, but it's because he literally didn't have to because he probably didn't even know the plays. He probably, just, you know, the guy, <laughs> the guy, he saw a guy open, he's like, oh, he's open over there, let's throw exactly. it. You know, that's not Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers is like, oh, that guy is one step back farther than he's supposed to be. I want you to stop a yard short, and I want to throw it to the back shoulder because he will never get there. But the players, they don't see him. They're, you know, they they don't see it that way because you weren't there. Rodgers, it's on you. <laughs> go, Pat, go. 
No, I agree. I don't, I, you know, I don't know if it's a hundred percent fair to let Brett Favre off the hook, but that does make a lot of sense what you're saying. Um, and I, you know, I don't know. I don't really remember, but I don't remember Favre ever screaming at his players like this. I don't remember that being a thing. You know, you think Favre only was on the same page with his players, and maybe it is like you're saying. It's because, you know, he didn't even know the play, so he doesn't know if his guy's messed up, you know. He's just letting them run around, and if they got open, he threw to them. If they didn't, he threw to them. And if it was <laughs> caught or intercepted, it was just kind of a, another day of backyard football with Brett Favre. But, um, And I'm, I'm probably wrong. I'm sure he got mad at some people sometimes, but... I just don't recall it, especially like we have it now, where, and maybe it's just a social media thing where every time something happens, obviously it blows up, but um just feels like it's a much bigger thing now with, again, like you said, Rodgers wants everything to be perfect on offense. Well, you can't not work for it. This, this is the theme of the Green Bay Packers. They all want something, but nobody wants to work for it. That's the theme of the Green Bay Packers. Hey, Ryan, this is Zach from North Carolina getting kind of embarrassing at this point. I'm just calling every day with my reaction to the show. <laughs> You're whatever. good, dude. Uh, if I... I don't know about the legality of this, so I'll just put that out there. It might not be something they can actually do. But if I'm Brian Gudikins right now, I want to go to Aaron Rodgers and say, because our team is not doing well this season, and it's my job to make sure that you are doing things and everyone's doing things in the best interest of the team... You are not going on the Pat McAfee show for the rest of the year. Like, the comments you have made on there, and I pull out the transcripts, you know, circle, highlight things. The comments you have made on there are dividing the locker room. Because it seems like, I mean, there have been reports that people aren't super happy with Rodgers. And yeah. I don't blame them. I mean, if I was them, I wouldn't want to be constantly thrown under the bus. On Well, and can I can I do a little conspiracy theory thing here? Just because it popped into my head, and I'm sorry for apologizing, but... What we have is a team that is, um, we know it doesn't really have leaders, despite Tunyon saying that, but what what else do we know about this team? Well, we know that Aaron Rodgers is a um, a demanding god, right? He is a demanding lord. Um, he doesn't pull punches. And nothing is ever good enough, right? He's very cerebral. Everything has to be perfect, right? That's the Green Bay standard. Same with Matt LaFleur. Like, he's he's a nice guy, but he also kind of is probably the same way in terms of, like, just shut up and do your job. That's what everybody says. Like, just this is the standard. You meet it or you suck. We also know that this team has a real big confidence problem, right? There, there are no rah-rah guys on the team. There's a pile of guys that say you are either elite and excel or you suck and so the whole locker room is filled with talented guys that are walking around going i suck i can't do it i'm not good at football you know i mean romeo dobbs is a really good football player that's what we learned and what happened he's been screamed at by aaron Rodgers all year and now there's videos being made about how much he sucks and he's not good enough and he's a loser and an idiot and here's another drop from Dobbs. And look at this idiot, Dobbs. He ran the wrong way. Dobbs is an idiot. Like, as if you couldn't go to the 31 other teams and find receivers making mistakes. No, only in Green Bay do receivers make mistakes. Everyone else is perfect. Come on, man. Who's building these guys up? I'm not saying I'm 100% with you in terms of you stop going on Pat McAfee show or you're benched or whatever, or just requiring it. But uh, in that same vein... How much of the lack of confidence has to do with the general attitude of the team, which is led by the leader Aaron Rodgers? And when I say there's no leaders, I mean there's no, like, good leaders. But there are people that that everybody looks to, and Rodgers is one of them. And Rodgers' leadership style is to say, you will be perfect or you are garbage. It's kind of like that... uh, I didn't have this growing up, but there, there are certain parents who their parenting style is, I have really, really high expectations. And I will never love you until you meet those expectations. By the way, you're never going to meet those expectations. But you keep trying because you want to feel love for me. But it's it's a fool's errand. It's never going to happen. Was it Barry Sanders' dad? Remember that? Like he, I think he was a running back. And he just had ridiculously high standards for, for his son, who ended up going on to be maybe the best running back in football. And during the uh, his like Hall of Fame speech or something, he had his dad go up there and he 
announced him as like the second best or third best running back in football or something like that. You know, it's just like there's there's those guys where it's like no matter what, you'll just never be good enough. Maybe the problem is this whole thing about the standard in Green Bay, which ironically, there isn't actually a standard, but they keep pretending that there is a standard and they pretend that it's so high that nobody will ever reach it. And as a result, that nobody's good enough. And that's how everybody feels about things. Just a thought. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I was going to say national TV, but a widely watched YouTube program. Um, you know, so this accomplishes two things. One, if he agrees, great, he's not going on anymore. If he disagrees, now you're so in a little discord, which, you know, is usually not what we want. But in this case, where they've hitched their wagon so close to Rogers and are scared to bench him or scared, you know, I personally don't think they're even going to play love very much once the season is over statistically because they're so scared of losing ground that they've made up with Aaron Rodgers. But if they want to let him do the separating, you know, like if you're trying to get out of a relationship, so you do something kind of a little bit out of character just to push the other person away, yeah. probably very bad thing to do. But but in this case, I think they call that so you're not going off Pat Maxey anymore. And then maybe even have LaFleur, if he's asked about some of the comments, say, yeah, we've asked Rodgers not to go on Pat Maxey anymore, just to sort of get it out there. And that's if Rodgers doesn't want to come out and say it himself, all right? So then he either continues going on or he doesn't. But if he does, you know, he's contentious with the team. He's starting to throw the team under the bus. I'm just saying, later on then, when they want to bench him for Jordan Love to get a good look, they don't have to be like they're pissing everybody off because they put on display that there's already a little bit of uh, discontent. So, all right, go back, go, bye. You know what I've noticed is there's been a lot of different theories that have been cropped up, and every single time somebody poses a theory, my thought is, I don't know, man, that's going to cause problems. And every single time, you know what it comes back to? Doing something that is maybe the right thing. Let's just say maybe. However, it's going to upset Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers is not going to handle it well, and everybody's going to blow up. The national media is going to turn on the Packers. Packer fans are going to turn on the Packers. Everybody's going to turn on the Packers. And therefore, I don't know if you should do it. And I don't think they're going to do it. And I think it's kind of ridiculous. And again, kind of comes back to the whole Aaron Rodgers is too big. Because anytime you got a guy where it's like, listen, no matter what, you just don't touch Rodgers. Like, don't upset Rodgers. Don't tell him what to do. Don't do any, like, just you got to leave him alone or it's all going to blow up and we're all in big trouble. No matter what, that's not good. It's just not. So I, I've I've just noticed that every single time somebody poses a theory, I'm usually like, I don't know, man. The problem is it's going to be, you know, a big, big problem. You know, benching Rodgers. Even like for injury reasons, it's just, it's going to blow up. Somebody had mentioned uh, giving Jordan Love a contract. I think it was uh, Clayton. Well, you better dare not do that until after Rodgers decides he's not coming back. Could you imagine if they offer, if they, you know, decided that we really like Jordan Love? And, and by the way, all of these things would, would qualify as ways to be toxic to force Aaron Rodgers out if you wanted to, if you're willing to face that storm. Like, you, that would be, well, <laughs> you know what? A lot of people believe that the big run that we went on specifically with Aaron Rodgers being good is because we drafted Jordan Love. I never really bought into that. However, maybe extending Jordan Love would would uh, kick this thing into gear. All kinds of good conspiracy theories. What's up, Thomas Austin? Hello, Ryan. Hey, what's How's up? How's it going? Oh, good. Cool. Yeah, thanks. Well, my birthday, Batman died. Batman died? November 11th. Uh, Sorry about that. But to try and bring Bat- some positivity around. Happy birthday. I'm going to go full into uh, blind optimism that this Sunday, Packers, Cowboys, will be the day. Mark it down everyone's calendars where the Packers turned around. It's the mark of running the table, part two. All right. I believe in it because I have to. I don't, but I will. And uh, Good. Then each week, every single time the Packers pick up a victory, I'm going to call in and I'm going to tell the people, the downers, the downtrodden, depressed folks, 
that I was right and you're wrong. There you go. That's what you're supposed to do. Blues, I'm going to call in, and I'm going to come up with a new excuse. <laughs> and it's going to be a different excuse every time. I like it. And I won't, I won't even bring up injuries or refs for every single excuse. I'll okay. talk about world curvature or whatever. Yeah, no, I get it. I'm going to go wild with it. <laughs> All right. Bye. Yeah, I was, I was, like, when I was waking up this morning, I thought, you know, different things that we could talk about in the any given Sunday thing. And I was like, you know, it's very possible that the Packers win. It's silly to think, you know, they're, I mean, we're talking five point win or whatever, or five point uh, favorites, which somehow just with all the injuries and everything else, it's now four points. Somehow we have, <laughs> I thought, I really thought I just looked right now. I thought it's probably up to like eight or nine right now, because with all the injuries, Rashawn officially put on IR. Eric Stokes is on IR. But again, I was thinking, dude, any you know, it's a five-point game, and you know, DVOA says it's gonna be a pretty close game and all that, you know, maybe five point, maybe closer to seven, eight-ish point game, but close enough. And then I remembered, oh yeah, Rashawn got hurt and uh Devondre's out and everybody's out. Eric Stokes is out. Bakhtiari might be out. I haven't seen anything the latest on that or whatever. Bottom line, though, Thomas, I just, I can't, I can't get there, you know? I'm try, I am tried, and it's, I, I still know intellectually it's possible, you know? If I was from the outside looking in, and I talked to a fan base, and they're like, there's zero chance. Like, you don't understand how bad we are. There's zero, I'm like, there's, of course there's a chance. And then I'd probably say something like, dude, you have Aaron Rodgers, Plus, Aaron Jones is really good. You got Jair on your team. Like, why would you, of all teams, think it's not possible? But as a Packer fan sitting here, I'm like, I don't know. But I know it's not possible. So, <laughs> I can't reconcile that, but I hope I, I, I hope for the best, Tom. I, I hope it's, uh, I hope the Packers win and, and you have the ability, as the lone positive Packer fan left, to come back on here and tell everybody I told you so. A toe to so. So, all right, uh, we're not halfway through, so let's keep rocking. Hey, Ryan, it's Nate. Um, just going in to um, give some thoughts again. All right. Uh, listen to the Packernet After Dark and the other episode for uh, this morning. And, yeah, I, I definitely <clears throat> I'm glad that other people are coming around to the idea that maybe it's not the best thing for Rodgers to go on the Pat McAfee show because, it just doesn't lead to good things for the team, for the headlines. That's my biggest problem with Rodgers. And I know everybody's tired of talking about Rodgers, but is he worth the headlines anymore? You know, I'm tired of my friends who root for other teams just basically laughing at our quarterback. He's such a moron. Nailed it. Sorry, I know you probably hover over the bleep button I every time I call in. I it. But, that was great. Uh, I also wanted to say – I. Uh, when you compared him to Trump, I mean, yeah, for sure. But I, uh, I think a more accurate comparison that I usually make, I think he's a lot more like Elon Musk. You know, a guy who thinks he's just the smartest person on the planet, but is just the biggest idiot. <laughs> um, between all his Twitter stuff that's going on right now. To be fair, the guy is a freaking genius, but I, I don't mind the comparison because doesn't he have what is it Asperger's or something I think there there is kind of that element of like okay you are real intelligent but the people skills are slightly lacking I think it's it's the exact same way that he talks that Rogers talks he thinks he's smarter than everybody else he thinks he's the one trolling everybody when everybody else is really just making fun of him and he uh claims to not care but he sure does an awful lot like going on uh Pat McAfee show to tell everybody how much he doesn't care uh, but if he if he didn't would he be mentioning it at all just uh just a thought go back go yeah i've always haven't used it in a while but i <clears throat> when i was a kid and i'm 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 i don't know if it's just my age range even though i don't think anybody my age even agrees with me but you know everybody kind of has like their action stars like if you're older than me you're probably like a Bruce Lee guy, right? Maybe like my dad's age or something. I don't know. But Bruce Lee was like the guy. But I, I was too young for that. I didn't really grow up with Bruce Lee. I mean, you, you could have had your dad introduce you to it. But talking about the movies that came out at that time, you had like Bruce Willis and Die Hard. 
Uh, we didn't have like a good, you know, like Jackie Chan was later, you know, plus that's kind of like a comedy thing. Uh, it was Jet Li would be another one that was later. For me, and it wasn't even close, and it was the thing that that like made me obsessed with like martial arts and stuff, it was Steven Seagal. 100% Steven Seagal. Under siege. And, and you know, I, I know the guy's a goofball or whatever, but fighting scenes are legit. Plus, I think because Steven Seagal is such an arrogant person, he refused. Most of the time, like every fighting scene, every fighting movie you've ever seen, there's like a back and forth. You're losing, you're getting hit, and then you come back. And Steven Seagal maybe got punched once in a movie ever. Maybe. But he just refuses to ever... But that, that feeds into it when you're a kid. Like, dude, this guy's the greatest fighter of all time. Like, he just dominates everybody. Anyways, the thing that I really appreciated about Steven Seagal and, and some fighters in general is that there is a confidence about them. And the attitude that they have when things get bad, when there's a confrontation, it's not to rev up and get all crazy. The guys that rev up and get all like, you want to do this? You want to go? Those are the guys that have zero confidence in themselves. The guys that know that if this turns into a confrontation, I'm going to hurt you, are not doing that. I mean, I mean, things can happen that can make them snap. There's no question that can get them upset. But just in terms of like a, a general confrontation, if somebody wants to fight you, it's fear that causes you to kind of go into that. So the, the point is, the people who are genuinely confident and for, in this case, genuinely don't care, don't get upset. And so... There are times when you kind of look at it and Rogers has that a little bit. You know, he just kind of sits back in his chair and kind of chuckles. So you can kind of tell when some of those things don't actually bother him because that's Rogers. You know, they'll bring up something and he'll, he just kind of stays leaning back and he's got that smile on his face and he kind of chuckles and he, he starts laughing. And he's like, yeah, I don't know, it's crazy. And it's just, I mean, they're, they're wrong, but that's fine. But then there are other times like when the interception thing came up and he doesn't address it. And then when he finally gets around to talking about himself, he starts swearing and calling everyone effing idiots. And it's like, all right, I feel like maybe this one got under your skin a little bit. Like this one maybe is bothering you. That there isn't that sort of feeling of this doesn't bother me. So, yeah, I, I, I think he probably does as good a job of anybody of not letting nonsense get under his skin. But certain things get under his skin. And I think what he really, really doesn't like is when people critique him and they're right. I think that really bothers them. Like it would for anybody, but I'm just saying. that's. I think that's kind of the thing. So if they start asking Rogers about something that he did wrong and he starts getting angry, it's probably something that he did wrong. Just my thought. He's always going to correct it. It's just a matter of whether he does it calmly or rages into the dying of the night. Thomas, stop butt dialing me what are you guys doing like i i don't know if i've ever done that how do you do that i i did call somebody at work once and i i think i don't know if it was my kid or if i was like pushing something and it ended up calling i don't know but i uh i don't know that i've ever done that before i've never had somebody call me and be like did you, you called me what's up and i'm like oh sorry i must have just dialed you from my pocket i don't know what how are you doing that i don't understand all right i don't know what happened there uh but uh i got this number off the internet uh clayton this one uh, apparently this is your number for your show yes uh, so i was giving you a call to talk about the uh, whole round table uh appearance that we had i'm just saying i'm glad that you and me bring the positivity because the other guys, oh man, it's just so doom and gloom. It's supposed to be enjoyable. It's football's supposed to be fun. I know it's difficult right now at the moment, but you know, you gotta keep bringing that energy. I like the positivity that we normally bring. All right, just wanted to boost that up. All right, bye. You know what's interesting about that? And again, I think this is just not understanding the perspective of myself as a fan, for example, I'm enjoying, I'm, I'm less stressed about football than I've like ever really been. It's, it's not the football games, the football games. I'm miserable when we're a 13 win team during football games. It's not enjoyable. If I'm being completely honest, I'm, I'm so stressed and so worried that we're going to lose and the implications of that and everything else. I'm miserable. I'm not, I'm not worried at all. I'm looking forward to the game. 
I'm excited to watch it. I'm excited to, again, see the younger guys. I want to see Wyatt. I want to see Watson. Um, you know, Zach Tom. I want to see Aaron Jones, see Jair. You know, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm ready to go. See what Rodgers can do. If he's progressing at all, how the thumb's holding up, if he's instantly clutching his thumb or not. The negativity is just me stating what's in front of me. I might as well just be reading a script. You know, it's it's not. I mean, I mean, there there is deep seated frustration, but when there's negative things happening, you get annoyed with it. You know, like why are you doing that? But it's it's not that football has become less enjoyable, and I hate it. It's not. If anything, it's more enjoyable. I'm again. I'm just. I'm just simply stating it, and I think that tends to be the difference. I think Tom, just saying I think, and other positive fans tend to come from the perspective that the priority is positivity, and you go from there. I'm from the perspective that the, perspective, that the priority is reality. And I'm not saying you're, you're, you're unrealistic, it's just it's what's the starting point. If positivity is the starting point, then we look at reality, but, but we, we start with positivity, right? Well, from the positive standpoint, what we know is real. Well, the season can still turn around. That's true. We still have good players. That's true. Rodgers is struggling, but he's got a thumb injury, and that could turn, that's true. It's not that you're saying things that are untrue, but the point is you're starting from the standpoint of, I love this team, I want to be positive, and I want happiness and joy in my life. I start from the standpoint of what is the most true thing, and that's it. And I just bulldoze through it, and, and a lot of the stuff that's true is just wildly negative. And yeah, when you highlight the negative, you tend to get annoyed with it. I think it's just a starting off point. And then you're watching me just plow through a bunch of negative stuff. Like, why are you even doing that? Why are you, don't, just don't go over there. You're upsetting yourself. You're hurting people's feelings. You're being mean to Rogers. Like, I, I don't understand why you would even go over there. And I'm like, because it's what it is. I don't know. I'm not navigating the ship, man. I'm just, I'm just riding in it. And there, there are different, it, it's not just positive or negative. Everybody has their starting off point. That starting off point could be, I hate Rodgers. And then you start from that point and say, you know, every time there's something negative, you highlight that thing. Or it could be, I love Rodgers. So anytime some, you, you're, you, everybody has their starting off point, their perspective. I start here and then I go outwards. I think the best thing to do is to start with none of that. Not say I'm going to only choose positive reality or anti-Rogers reality or pro-Rogers reality or anti-Bears reality, although I do live there a lot. That's the one place I'll allow myself to go, I guess. But just stay within reality reality. And whether it's positive or negative, pro-Rogers, anti-Rogers, Pro-Kevin King, anti-Kevin King, pro-LaFleur, anti-LaFleur. And this is where people get mad. And they try to call me a hate, like, oh, you're an idiot. You just hate LaFleur. Are you serious? I have been one of the most ardent defenders of LaFleur. I'm over here because this is where reality brought me. I have been an ardent defender of Aaron Rodgers. But this is where reality brought me. It's like we, we're so used to team sports. Like, if you're on a team, you don't abandon your team. Right? Like in politics, you vote down the ticket. What does that mean? It means I don't care if you don't know who those people are. If it says R, you vote R. If it says D, you vote D. Like if that's your team, that's what you do. You vote down ticket no matter what. Otherwise, you are a horrible person. And we've got these teams so that if you say anything, it's like, oh, you're on that team. I'm going to attack you. It's like, I'm not on this team. I'm stating a point of fact. And then I'm going to go over there and point that point of fact. And like I said, I this is what I constantly say when people say I'm being negative, and, and it's the constant retort of negative fans, is that I'm just a realistic fan, which usually is not true. And usually it's the people that say I'm a realistic fan. Those are the pessimistic fans. They're the ones that no matter what, even if we're favorites, are saying we're going to lose. But again, I, 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 the best thing you can be is unbiased. And that, that also includes positivity. Positivity can be a bias. I just prefer to be unbiased. And to try to start from zero. And it's, it's, I fail all the time. I'm positive that my pessimism, like I just said about being a Packer fan, you know, everybody on the outside looking in is going to give us better odds than what Packer fans and myself included are going to give us because it just feels so 
insurmountable being so close to it. So that is a bias, but I am trying not to be, I guess is, is what I would say. And so if somebody were to ask me to be more positive, I would say you're, you're trying to ask me to be less true because you want me to sort of deviate from what's real. It's like anytime you add a qualifier on something, you make it less good, right? Truth and positive truth. Which is better? Well, truth, because truth is the ultimate pure version of truth. Positive truth is an altered version where we don't... It's, it's, it's also anti-truth. Probably going to get in trouble, but social justice would be a great other example of that. Like, justice is a great thing. You add the qualifier of social, and it's like, well, justice is better, though. It's no longer justice because we're sliding it further where we we look at it but only through like this one lens over here where we emphasize certain things and de-emphasize other things and it's like why don't we just just focus on justice let's focus on truth and all those good things just that thing don't alter it don't don't move it it's going to be worse than the original version every time even if it sounds good like positive truth and social justice you made it worse. Hey, Ryan, it's Craig uh, from Indiana. Hey, Craig, I just got a picture from uh, my dad hanging out with Craig. So hopefully that went well. I didn't, I, I mean, my dad texted me, but being a bad son, I never thought to follow up with how did it go? Because I'm an idiot and I'm a dude and I don't think of these things. And um, listen to uh, your podcast this morning. Totally agree with uh, the comments on Aaron Rodgers and the Pat McAfee show. Um, I was actually pleased for the first time this year after the the game, uh, his uh, his uh, media conference, what the hell am I, whatever that's called. Um, uh, he finally was taking the ownership, talking about how crappy of a game he had and stuff. And I thought, okay, good. It's good to see him kind of at least take that. And what? No, he had a great game. Everything was his wide receiver's fault. Then on McAfee, he just starts being really weird about it um not so great passes and all that so totally totally agree with your your assessment there and frustration there and his poor leadership uh a question i had was i was trying to, um trying to understand the number of snaps that rogers had as uh sitting behind Favre uh versus how many jordan love has had sitting behind rogers in an actual in actual games uh, and, and, and maybe we could look at uh, overall and including preseason, but then just pull out regular season. And the reason I asked the question is, um, I, I think it was after Rogers' third year, right, where the whole Favre drama happened. And clearly the front office was all in on Rogers, So they had seen enough uh, to the point where they weren't even going to let Brett compete against the guy if he came back. Um, we certainly don't seem to have that confidence in Jordan Love. And, and that's why I thought, well, maybe we saw a lot more from Rodgers. But I didn't think so, given that Favre was Iron Man and wasn't missing games. Um, but um, I thought when they re-signed Rodgers last year, that was, that was tipping their hat that they had not seen either enough of Jordan or what they saw they're not too thrilled with. Um, so just kind of curious again how much action they had seen compared to one another. Um, so we'll uh, hopefully get to see Jordan a little bit more um, going forward so it can make a good decision in a few uh, few months. All right, take care. I'll talk to you later. Bye. So it looks like for Aaron Rodgers, it was seven games prior to him becoming the starter. I'm pulling up Jordan Love right now. Jordan Love so far has played eight games, so very similar. Is that right? I guess that's right. Um, I, I, it's not necessarily starting, though, right? Because I know for a fact he didn't start eight. Didn't even he started one, didn't he? So those are probably all including. Uh, let's 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 zoom in a little bit here. Yeah, he's so he's played in eight games. He started one. Which, again, just makes me shake my head at the... I mean, I know what we've seen hasn't been great, but it's like the guy started one game. One game. <laughs> I don't know, man. It's it's really hard to be 100% certain that we know that he's not the guy when he started one game. Rodgers actually started zero. Um, 
I, I think the biggest difference though is he he actually he played more. A lot of Roger Rogers playing is coming in and actually playing. He didn't start any of them, but he came in for an injured um, Brett Favre and, and played more. Jordan, he did get one start, and that but that was like a hundred percent of of his playing time. I mean, he very rarely, aside from like blowouts or whatever, or taking a knee would would come in. So, I guess that kind of answers the question. I don't know, but no, I, I I tend to agree that there's a good chance that if what they've seen from Love had been uber promising. There's a chance that they say, you know, Rogers, we're just not doing this. However, a couple things. Number one, it's not really a negative. In other words, it doesn't necessarily prove that they know he's not good, but it does probably mean that we don't know that he is good, which makes sense because, again, we haven't seen him even play aside from one game, which was a complete disaster, and he was under guys every single time. The other thing to keep in mind is that Brian Gutekunst has been in all-in mode for, I mean, he's hardcore in all-in mode. And... Even if you really think Jordan Love has the, the chance to be the future guy, um, you're so invested in, in Rodgers. And, and again, even if Jordan Love is good, he's probably not MVP Aaron Rodgers good. Now, the question is, if they had known that Rodgers was going to be playing at this level, did they think that maybe Jordan can do this? I don't know. But yeah, fair enough. Uh, you know what? Why don't we take a break here? Patreon.com forward slash pack underscore daddy. Fertile Ground Ranch Discipleship Ministry.org. We'll take a break. We'll be right back. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing. But they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right. A company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Brian, I just cooked a pork chop to the perfect 140, slow pink, and maybe it's a nice change up, but I just wanted to tell you, thank you for opening my eyes to these. This is so much better than any state could be. Yes. And I look forward to seeing where pork chops can go because that is incredibly amazing compared to steak. Thank you. Have a good night. Go Pack Go. I've dreamed of this moment. We got one, Blaine. We converted another one. That's awesome. Yeah, no, it's, you know, a lot of people, because here's the thing. I don't know if I mentioned this or not. The FDA guidelines or whatever for pork used to be the same as chicken. Like you had to basically burn it until it was dry. So most people 
grew up eating what I grew up eating when we ate pork chops. And I didn't hate pork chops. They were fine. But it was always that thing that was thin and, and you know, it had the bone on it. And you cut it and it was dry and it was chewy. Um, it's always seasoned up a ton for us anyways. So it was tolerable. But it was, it was as far as meat goes, like, yeah, I don't know about that, Chief. This is not that. This is not, this is a different, completely different category of meat. And yeah, if you, if you get it right, I mean, there, there are times when I've, I mean, peak steak and peak pork chop, I would have to take peak steak, but there are times, man, when I would, if I had to choose, I would take a perfectly cooked pork loin, pork chop, whatever. Cause, oh my goodness. By the way, it's very expensive, so I only made it once, but beef tenderloin, oh my goodness. That's just irrelevant to what we're talking about, but it just I just was reminded of that. Hey, brother. How's it going? Anyways, just uh, wanted to uh, kind of know about how, how you, uh, or we, I guess, all of us, uh, a Lions fan and enjoying the Packers this year. How's he feeling about that now? <laughs> Anyways, uh, love the pack. Go pack, go. Bye. The the what now? Tried to do the mute thing, but I think I missed something. I think I I think I missed. I I bleeped out something that I don't think was a swear. Google uh, mixed that up. I went back and listened to it. I still am not entirely sure. Something about a, a Lions fan and enjoying the Packers this year, but. Uh, yeah, for sure. Uh, what's up, Seth? Hey, Ryan. Uh, Seth from Iowa. If you're confused, maybe you're not, but I do have two different phone numbers. I work one, anyways. It's all good. Um, about some positivity. Let's do it. We're gonna win this thing this week. We're gonna we're gonna crush the Cowboys. All right. And uh, we're gonna win out eleven and uh, I think it's eleven and six. Make, I bet that would make the playoffs of 11 and 6. Sure hope so. And, I would, uh, yeah, I would assume yeah. so. Who am I kidding? That ain't happening. <laughs> Get the we're not winning this week and we're not sure. making the playoffs. Oh, come on, Seth. But, uh, maybe we'll lose and maybe Rodgers will go on IR and we'll see some, uh, see some Jordan Love. So, yeah, I'm going to that, uh, going to the Rams game. And uh, I don't know. I just want it to be in, enjoyable from a competitive standpoint or a seeing prospect standpoint. Um, in a few weeks here, so either I want us to make a run or I want to see Jordan Love when I'm there, but uh, I definitely don't want to see the crap we've been seeing every week. But uh, either way, it'll be a blast, and we'll uh, we'll be having fun. Well, I, I I really thought we were going in a positive direction. I was like, you know what, this is awesome that the theme today is going to be positivity because it's Sunday. And then, and then it took a turn there, um, but yeah, I, you know, we'll see what we'll see what happens. I'm, 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 I really am oddly feeling optimistic about a win today. I'm having a hard time saying it because intellectually I can't get there, but it's just one of those things where it's like we're gonna beat the Cowboys, dude. It's at home. We got Rodgers. We got da 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 da. We got this. In fact, I, uh, I pretty, I put a hefty by my terms, which is to say, not very much on the Dallas Cowboys winning to hedge my bets. <laughs> so um, today's going to be a good day. I feel like the Packers are going to win, and if they don't, I will, you know, make money. Win-win. Again, it went, when, it went, when I saw it went down to, to minus four, minus four. By the way, next week, already bet against the Packers. You, do you know that we're minus one? Or excuse me, plus one. We are one-point dogs against the Titans. I don't understand. So I, I bet that like a week ago. <laughs> I might put a second bet on it. Hey, Ryan. Just uh, listening to your Saturday, or the Friday night, um, back in that after dark, uh, fellow called in talking about draft picks and how we picked up Tony Manrich. Uh, I want to correct you on something. We picked up Tony Manrich, I believe, at the second or third pick. I'm pretty sure it was the second pick. And then Barry Sanders was the third overall pick. So when you talk about bad draft picks and how, you know, there was guys that, you know, uh, was Barry and, and, uh, 
Dion and, and, and Thomas and all those other guys that are Hall of Famers, we picked up Tony Mandridge right in the middle of them and the top five pick. So, yeah, we can make a bad pick. Teams make bad picks. But uh, I don't know what I said to contradict that. That's we we for sure did. All I, all I highlighted was, you know, that the top five is where all those great players were. I think that's all I said. I don't know. Maybe I said something. I never know what I say. I'm sorry, Steve. I'm I'm never tracking with you guys when you're like, hey, remember when you said this? Here's my thoughts. I'm like, no. But everybody else probably does, so it's fine. I'll just shut up. Um, Corey, uh, different from what the other guy was going to say, excuse me there, different from what the other guy was going to say, just because we picked a bad pick with a high pick doesn't mean we can't pick a good one, too, because the only place you're going to potentially find a Hall of Famer is in those first picks. But I just wanted to correct you on that. Tony Mandridge was, like, one of the worst picks ever. If you ever go look on worst draft picks ever made, you'll see Tony Mandrich right there at the very top of that list. All right, man. Yeah, have a good one. Bye. All right. Thanks, Steve. I, uh, I'm a better person now. I don't know how, but I know that I am, and I believe you that I said something wrong. All right, we got uh, two more from Daniel and a Nico mixed in. Oh, also another little um, thing uh, about the draft picks. Um, so chances are we're going to get a – you know, top 10 pick. Yeah. Um, and knowing Goody, he's going to trade back. I hope so. And so, I mean, yeah, looking I at, know. you know, past history in the draft, um, we've done pretty well uh, with, like, the team picks. Like, uh, I'm, well, not teams, but, um, you know, a little bit, after the top 10. Yeah, Rashad so like and Jair. Yeah, Jair was, um, he was, was he 15, 16, and then 18. Like I Jair, know. he was even 18. I mean, yeah. if I remember correctly, we traded back, um, and then Derwin James went. And at the time, I actually wanted the Packers to get Derwin James. Um, and then we ended up getting Jair. So traded back and then traded up. I, I believe and I trust that, you know, Goody – would do the right, you know, the right thing, and he's going to end up. I mean, crushing. I, I, I believe that with everything in me that he does pretty well in first rounds. And I mean, yeah, Darnell Savage, that sucks, but um, he has a pretty good hit rate. So, all right, bye bye. I think one of the greatest things I've ever seen a GM do, ever in my life, is to trade back and then trade back up and you end up getting Jair and an additional first-round pick the next year. That is, that is mastery, <laughs> in my opinion, to, to walk away with Jair, who is a premier corner, and to have found a way to, to pluck a first-round pick out of that in addition. That's crazy, man. Hey, Ryan, this is uh, Nico. What up? Um, so I just want to start off by saying I've got this such a great podcast. Listen to everybody's opinions, and it seems like even though Twitter is full of a bunch of psychopaths mm-hmm. and deranged, you know, insert bad name here. Sure. It seems like all the pretty much normal ones call your show. Oh, that's good. You clearly have have a, a good show base, obviously, because I'm in it. But anyways, yeah. Um, but someone was just talking about how Christian Watson like shouldn't lower his head, and that is true. Um. You know what, Aaron Jones, I don't know how he does it. He's like an octopus. Like, he'll come up to three dudes, and they're coming to him, and he's coming right at right. them. It's another good and they example. all hit, and then he squirts out. Somehow he twists his body. Yep. I don't know how he does it. He kind of, I don't know if you've ever deer hunted, but, like, when you sometimes when you shoot a deer, they run away, and they're all, like, ankles and elbows. And you don't remember when they teach you how to tackle people, they say, look at look at their, you know, their waist, see which, where their waist is going. I think Aaron Aaron Jones is, doesn't ever point anywhere, and it confuses people, so he's able to slip right between people that are just trying to decapitate him. So Aaron Jones should teach Kristen Watson how to, you know, slip through a tackle. And- Aaron Jones is the master of running diagonally. <laughs> every every image I have of Aaron Jones, he's running diagonally. I wonder if that has something to do with it. And then you mentioned your wife, and then it's so funny because. My wife has the ability to kick every chair she walks by. 
Uh, we were walking downtown last week, and she tripped on a crack in the sidewalk that maybe had a one-sixteenth of an inch variance from the other crack. And I'm like, how do you how do you trip on that? So, yeah, I got one of those. And it, it's <laughs> it's hard too because you can't like early me before a little bit of experience would have spent way too much time explaining to her why that's her fault and really trying to get down to the nitty gritty of how you could have possibly done that. You know, like how does a toy break your toe? Like do you have the, the biggest wussy toes ever. And have you ever heard of moving your foot? Like, you know what I mean? Like that's now, now it's like you, you have like, she broke her toe. You have to be sympathetic, but the, the guy brain, like the, that, the thing in my brain is like, I need to figure out why this thing, especially when now you have to go to the emergency room. And so there's an added layer of frustration that this was very avoidable, <laughs> but it's like, Oh man, you broke it. Okay. We're going to go into like full on compassion mode. You, that's so horrible and there's nothing you could have done about it. And I appreciate everything about you. Two, uh, lots of toes kicked, lots of, uh, lots of, Yeah. And uh, so, yeah. Hey, anyways, hey, great show. Can't wait for tomorrow. Um, even if we lose forty-nine to zero, I'm all, I'm I'm all for losing, all for winning, or whatever. Hope McCarthy gets a good, uh, you know. I hope he gets a good good uh, clap at first, but then after that, we need to boo him because he's still the enemy. So <laughs> it is what it is. So, uh, have a great day, sir. And go uh, <clears throat> uh, pack, go. Yeah, I don't think that's going to be in the cards. Um you know, cheering for him and then booing him just because, you know, if you if you start booing later, I don't think anyone's going to realize it's for McCarthy. That would be weird if the, the Packers are up by 10 and everybody in the stadium is booing. Like, what are they doing? Like, oh, they're booing McCarthy randomly in the game. It would be hilarious, though. I think they should do it. If you're going to the game, if we're up by a bunch, just start booing. Like, every time there's downtime, everybody will be so confused. It would be hilarious. Hey, Ryan. This is Daniel from Milwaukee again. Um, just a quick thought as I'm driving home from work. Um, well, with the whole Joe Barry um, troubles and how some people want him gone after this year, um, I was just wondering, I mean, is Mike Zimmer still out there? And if so, why don't we give him a call? I mean, if we're going to fire anyone. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, Joe Barry, I mean, um, I would give Mike Zimmer a call and see what he's doing. So, I mean, yeah, just a thought. All right, bye-bye. Yeah, I, I, the only thing with Zimmer, because he's a very, very good defensive coordinator, and I don't think he got fired because he was a bad defensive coordinator. Or I think he was fired because the team was losing and and it's amazing that um you know you, you look at the vikings and you say well maybe their locker room wasn't great you look at how bad their coach was I mean, you would talk about a bad leader this guy just raged against his own team constantly and somehow i I don't think they had a worse locker room than us right now i don't i don't understand that the only thing i wonder is would it be sort of a mike Patton hire i i would wonder if the NFL has kind of evolved beyond the Mike Zimmer defense. I don't know. Maybe that's not even a thing. Maybe it would be perfectly fine and, and able to work if we could just execute it and it'd be great and a great fit. I, I don't know that. But that would be my one concern is is, is a kind of an antiquated defense that, that teams of the NFL has largely figured out how to play. And um, there was a second thing, and I can't remember exactly what it was, other than to just compare it to Mike Pettin, you know, successful former defensive coordinator. And um, I mean, we, we tried it the other way, which is an unsuccessful guy, but at least he knows the scheme. I don't know if I want to go back to Mike Pettin, which is the successful guy that, you know, runs an antiquated scheme. We need to find that happy medium of a, a good defensive coordinator and a good scheme. Somebody out there has to be the guy, but I, I certainly am not opposed to Zimmer. I would just wonder about those questions. You know, is is it still viable? If if we got this Zimmer defense running at a hundred percent, where does that even stack up? But there's also a part of me that thinks if you have the talent and you can execute the scheme, it's going to be okay. I mean, that's largely what Petten and, and Lafleur have been telling us. 
it's not that the scheme won't work. It's just that the guys aren't doing it. And I know it's a different scheme, but I, I, I do think generally even a bad scheme, and not even bad, just a, a not super great scheme, if you're playing at 100%, it's going to be tough to beat. And I think that's the number one priority is we got to find a guy that's going to get these guys playing at their best. And if we can do that, that's, that's 90% of the battle. And I think we went the other direction of wanting to get 100% by making sure we have that premier scheme that, that's really giving offenses problems. But it just, we never were able to get our guys to understand, to care, to try, to nothing. Like it just, sort of like if you, uh, super weird analogy, if, if you got two different piggy banks, one piggy bank is much more likely to get filled, but it can only hold $10. Another piggy bank is harder to fill, but it can hold $20. We went with the $20 piggy bank, but we only put $4 in it. And so I guess what I'm saying is, if Mike Zimmer, and, and 20 is made, let's call it 15, because it's like, I don't know, I still would take a shot at 20 at this point. I don't want to cut it in half. But if Zimmer could get us to 10, I think I would take that. Anyways, that's it. Um, appreciate all the calls. I appreciate everybody's uh, thoughts, feelings, opinions. 608 is the number if you want to call in and participate. But uh, we're going to get out of here. Have a great day, and I will talk to you tomorrow for uh, the reaction show, which will hopefully be very positive. <laughs>